Hello and welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap, the only show that says, holy shit, we're back. It, it's been a little, little It's been a hot while. minute, read about two months. Um, I hope you enjoyed all of the Denver Comic Con audio. I know you have, because I've been looking, looking at the numbers, but... Did, did I like it better than this? Uh, marginal. Aww. Marginal. Aww. How can we compete with the likes of Weird Al Yankovic, Nathan Fillion, Michael Rosenbaum, John Heater? How can we compete with, you know, Nathan Fillion trying to call Alan T. Dick and accidentally almost giving out his phone number? That was awesome, and if you haven't heard it, listen to it. Um, we're going to get right into it. Uh, for the last two months, I've been keeping track of everything I've watched and read and oh, played. <laughs> and we're going to get right into it, uh, chronologically speaking. For as long as we, we feel like it. going. Yeah. So let's start with uh, Firefight. No, Free Fire. Wait, fuck. Do I have it right or wrong? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh man, it's this great movie. I think it's Free Fire. I think I think I wrote it wrong. I think it's Free Fire with, uh, what's her name, Miss Marvel. Um, not Alison Brie. Um, Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Uh, Brie Larson's in it. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people in it. Uh, it's this great... She's, she's Captain Marvel, not Miss Marvel. What did I say? Did I say Miss Marvel? You did. Okay. But well, I mean, I'm old school. But you are in my apartment, and I have a bunch of Miss Marvel dolls. Around. Oh, I am also old school. Um, but yeah, she's Captain Marvel. But I loved uh, whatever movie we're talking about, Firefire. I think it's Free Fire. You think it's Free Fire? I, I honestly do think it's Free Fire. Okay. Um, so basically, the whole premise of the movie is this... Um, Arms deal goes down bad, and they're all trapped in a warehouse, and it's all set in the 1970s. So there's no cell phones. I can't call out. Okay. Um, fucking fantastic. Okay. Um, I wish I had more notes. I would have probably two months ago. <laughs> I'm trying to think who else is in it. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, that's in all of the Neil Blomkamp movies, is in it, who we like. Uh, he was in Powers. Um, you know who I'm talking about, though. No. Yeah, you do. You say Powers, the only person I think of is Eddie Izzard. No, he was, uh, well, he was the main guy, he was uh, Diamond, he was um, Christian Walker. Okay, I don't know. He was the main guy in... I don't know uh, the actor's name. Yeah, but he was the main guy in um, District 9, and his name will come to me, I'll scream it out later. Um, (laughs) In a very inappropriate time. Of course. But uh, yeah, uh, Free Fire, fantastic fucking movie. Okay. Highly recommended. So it's it. almost like a bottle movie. Yes. Okay. Uh, I actually I'd say like more men in a box because they're kind of like back and forth. Okay. Um, you remember that scene in Firefly when they're talking about like why um Zoe and the captain like eat fruit a certain way because they're cutting around the grenade. Um, okay. And, yeah. And they're talking about how like at some point like they started like cracking jokes with the uh, the the whatever Union Army or whatever that was, um, the Imperial Army. That's not right either. It's been but a you know while. I, yeah. yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I know exactly. Um, it, it's a lot like that, like halfway through, where they start cracking jokes to each other. His that guy's name almost fucking came to me. Um, but uh, yeah, I I really liked uh, Free Fire. I thought it was awesome. Okay. Um, Spider Man Homecoming. I think did you finally? Re- get... No, I didn't. I was gonna say I was supposed to go see it last Monday at the at the Elvis you know dollar the theater. the discount theater yeah. But it just didn't end up working out time wise. Um, I think it's the second best Spider-Man movie made. 
Okay. Um, I think Spider-Man 2, in my opinion, still superior. Uh, not to be a pun on superior Spider-Man. Um, I honestly think that Homecoming righted the wrongs of a lot of stuff that was in the Tobey Maguire and especially the Amazing Spider-Man stuff. Um, though I like I, how you say Tobey Maguire and then you don't say Andrew Garfield. Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Um, I, I'm torn between, I think... When you do the whole, like, wh- who was a better Peter Parker, who was a better Spider-Man? Well, it's the Bruce Wayne Batman argument. And I think that Tobey Maguire was a better Peter Parker. Yeah, but it's just, I still never physically bought him as Spider-Man, even when he was in shape. But I think Andrew Garfield was a really good balance. I mean, I really do. I loved, like I said, we talk about, you know, that my favorite quip is the one that he takes. Oh, no, his, knives. No, oh, a tiny knife, my one weakness. Yeah, I mean, he got a lot more quippy. He got closer to the character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Tom Holland, obviously yeah. from, even in Civil War, his, just his little bit in that, uh, we all went, oh my God, they got Spider-Man right. Well, and it's also, you know, the, the, the him finding himself aspect. It was when you see it, Deb. Um, it is very John Hughes. Um, it is very much more a high school drama. It is more about Peter Parker than it is Spider-Man. Um, though Spider-Man does get involved. It is on digital media, so I'm wondering how much spoilers I can say on this one. All the spoilers? Uh, I, I probably won't go that far. But I will say that um, Michael Keaton as the vulture was fucking awesome. It's interesting to see him kind of very slowly start doing superhero movies again. Sorry, mom called. Uh, but, you know, he did Birdman, which is kind of vaguely him doing a superhero movie again, even I, though it's not that's really... That's more Michael Keaton doing Michael Keaton. Yeah. But I was going to say, now he's back as the villain this time instead of as the hero. No, but he was in stuff. I mean, he was in The Other Guys. He was in... Well, it's um, not like that he hasn't been working. It's just, you know, it's not the kind of movies he's been interested in. I think it's very interesting the way they portrayed Adrian Toomes, the vulture, in um, Spider-Man was... It almost seemed like that's where he went at the end of The Founder. (laughs) Where he's like, I founded McDonald's. Now I'm bored. I'm going to start a salvage company and menace Spider-Man. Or be menaced by Spider-Man, as the case may be. I started this company, I'm bored, now I'm going to go menace Spider-Man. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's his career arc, his character arc, if you will. Um, that's the that's the character's backstory. Yeah. I made millions, now I'm gonna bother a teenager. If you watch, when when you see Homecoming, I think you'll, you'll, Understand, you'll laugh yeah. a bit more, but yeah, it's like, it's like Ray Kroc if he was a supervillain. Not that he isn't already. Um... But yeah, Homecoming, I think, uh, I, they, they finally got Spider-Man right. Good. Um, I think they balanced the, the pathos and the emotional stuff. I think they balanced with that with the action, um, obviously the teen drama. That you know, and that was part and parcel of what made Spider-Man so popular in the 60s was that he was this kind of every guy, teenager kid, dealing with zits and dating and prom and all that bullshit. Along with, like, oh no, Dr. Octopus is gonna poison the water well or whatever. I don't think... Poison the water hole. Yeah, I, I don't think New York has a watering hole. Um, <laughs> There's a snake in my boots. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I, that he was trying to balance these two different lives. And I think a lot of people came into that, even just the, the teenager, the everyday man stuff, as he got older, was very... Uh, accessible 
Um, and I think they did a great balance of that. I'm sorry, I just started... I'm like, I wonder if they ever did a story arc about Peter losing his virginity. And then I was like... And then there was that time that they had him get molested. There was a molested one. Yeah. Uh, and I believe they might have brought up his sex life in Jessica Jones when, with flashbacks. Because she went to the same high school as Peter Parker. Because of course she did. Well, when you're going to insert a character into yeah. like the no, way of Jessica Jones in the comics. Yeah. So, um, Sorry. They, go, go, yeah, this is, this is going to be a slam bang episode. Um, 12 Monkeys, season about... three. Deb, I know you're... I, didn't the series end? No. Okay. Well, so what happened was um, the fourth season is going to be the last one. Oh, okay, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm like, um, I thought I yeah. made an announcement about it, but yeah. But okay. they released all of season three within three days. They literally made it binge-worthy on... Uh, or made it binge-accessible, I guess? Yeah, binge-accessible. Um, on, on network television, because it's not AMC. I want to say it's... Not FX either. I can't remember. Isn't it sci-fi? I think it is sci-fi. Yeah, I thought it was um, sci-fi. Season three, so you start finally getting answers from this season. <laughs> season three, finally getting some answers. Well, with all that time travel, like, there's a lot of questions that, you know, I think they were going to set up, like, like I said, like on this show you have the whole, a character meets a character for the first time for one character and for the second time for the other character. And there's a lot of that time travel shenanigans so they're starting to really streamline and wrap that up. Yes, Deb. It's the worst version of Time Cop ever. No, Time Cop <laughs> is the, the worst, worst version of Time there Cop. There you go. Sorry. Um, ah, Mia, Sarah, what are you doing? But anyway, yeah, she was in Time Cop. So, uh, I really liked it. I think they finally brought in a lot of answers in terms of who the witness was which if you watch the show you know what I'm talking about if you don't watch it because that should be intriguing enough the witness who's kind of this all seeing kind of not time god but someone who's like very entrenched in time and time travel um, they do introduce a new element in the third season which are these like um, time traveling like vests okay. that they've like um, mobilized the, the time travel, like, you know, the splinter chair from the yeah. movie and all that? Yeah. They made, like, mobile versions of those. Okay. Um, which become, uh, throughout the show, like, increasingly less prevalent. Because um, as they get destroyed, obviously, there's only a few left. Okay. Which is good, because that wraps up all the time travel, you know, uh, 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 loose threads. Um, but it does explain The Witness, which has been talked about since season one, um, you find out who is the witness and who wasn't the witness. Okay. Which, I don't want to do a whole lot of spoilers because I love the show so much and I want people to watch it. Um, but they finally reveal who the witness is and then that person kind of bequeaths the title to someone else. Okay. Who, she uses it to affect other people but she hasn't done it yet because of time travel. Because time travel. And because time travel, so you're like, well, you find out who the witness is technically twice. Okay. But one of them hasn't done all the witnessy work yet. Okay. Um, so it ought to be interesting to see her motivations on why she does everything. what she's already done, even though she hasn't done it yet, 
fucking time travel. Um, but I, I, I really liked it. It brought back... It, it did that thing where, like, on, at the end of the second season, everyone was kind of away from each other, very Walking Dead. Um, you know, they divide the group. Yeah. Everyone comes back. Um, I'm glad it was very quick. Um, Aren't you glad they let it be binged, too? Because you imagine waiting week to week to I, and I And I know I've talked about that before with season one and two, where it's... It's really hard to watch week to week because there's so much going on and there's so much continuity. And I love that the website for 12 Monkeys, the show, you can look at all the different timelines, mm-hmm. but it's it's just as confusing if you haven't watched the show as if you have. You're like, what? Because you have to click on each character and go, wait, what was that person doing while that person was doing this thing? And, okay. You know, what was Ramsey doing and who fucking cares anyway? So... <laughs> Ramsey's kind of a meh. He was first thought to be the witness. He's not, but that was like a season and a half ago, so no spoilers. Um, unless you haven't watched it, in which case, spoilers. Um, which should be written at the top of this episode. Anyway, uh, the Twin Peaks finale. I'm actually a little sad that Ryan, Lizzie, couldn't be here for this. As I think we're all Twin Peaks fans. Yes. I don't know how caught up you are. Oh, on... I'm good. Made it all the way through. I was going to say, made it all the way through. Let's just talk about the end. Literally, the last, I want to say, what, 30 seconds? 45 seconds, even. What do you want me to say about it? I don't know. What do you want to say about it? They go back to Laura Palmer's childhood home, which doesn't have any of the Palmer family living there. The lights flicker, go off. Something's going on in the house. Future Sarah Palmer, who's now in an alternate dimension past of hers, fucking time travel, uh, freaks the fuck out. And this has been a whole season building up to, it's called The Return. Now, is it called The Return because it's The Return of Twin Peaks? Is it because Dale Cooper finally literally pulls himself together? I assumed it was, you know, The Return of Dale Cooper. I agree as well. But, I mean, I suppose it could be anything. Um, What does this mean for what could be the future of Twin Peaks? They are now... In How an long is al- he going to have to wait to do another series? What, oh, like God, I don't... 20 some odd years? 25. Was it 25? It's C, yeah. C in 25. Um, I, there are so many questions left um, I, by I, the show. I did like that, that they didn't answer all of the questions, because that's, that's way not to, something... Way, way to be Mark Frost and... David Lynch about it. But I'm just saying that's not something that they do. They don't give you neat little packages. No, they don't. And that and that was the part that was part and parcel with when they originally conceived of it when it was on whatever network TV uh, channel that we always forget if it was ABC or CBS. Um, but that they always said they wouldn't reveal who killed Sarah Palmer because that wasn't. It's not really the, the, point, the point anymore. It. Yeah. it was about the small town and what was going on, and you've got the, what is it, the, that Asian lady who was, like, secretly a ninja assassin or something, and now her soul's trapped in a fucking drawer knob. Um, th- that never gets paid off at all, and that was 25 years later. Um, though she did get brought back to life because of the weird alternative they saved. They sa- did they, they saved. He saved. Laura Palmer. Yeah. And that reset the timeline. Yeah, that he So now say, he, so there's in a weird smart. alternative timeline slash past, not future, I don't think. Um, 
how, how did you feel? I guess we'll get down to the nitty-gritty, folks. Ultimately, th this is the question about this last season of Twin Peaks. How did you feel about David Bowie being replaced by a giant cosmic tea kettle? Well, I mean, what else are you going to do? That says it all, folks. What I'm just saying, giant cosmic tea kettle. Yeah. David Bowie. Better, yeah. than, better than recasting. Yeah, yeah. Well, you couldn't have. I mean, there was no way. I'm I, thinking, yeah, no. I honestly would have liked to see a little bit more of a... I mean, they did do a lot of nods to the original series and the movie. I would have liked to see Chris Isaac, because what the fuck is he doing, uh, come back. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland, he's... Oh, he's, I he's, no, he's, he's, he's designated Soul's, Survivor. Yeah. I was about to say Soul Survivor. Yeah, he's, he's on designated Survivor. He's going to be on the next season of Survivor. Uh, 24 <laughs> Island. And, uh... And actually, I might watch it. I, oh, with Marilyn Rice Cub? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I would watch the fuck out of that. I don't watch either show. But, um... But I'd, I'd like to have seen a few more people from the movie I uh, come in. Um, I did like that they managed to get a, a touching tribute and send off to the log lady. Yeah, since she passed away um, shortly after. Miguel Fuhrer, they, they didn't really uh, Fuhrer, they didn't really get into his um, they didn't really write that character off so I'm wondering if they do come back for another season what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, I think once again, I think we talked about it very early on, obviously months and months ago uh, David Lynch's pacing is just not conducive. Um, well, what was what was I'd it that you were ranting about so much? Probably Twin Peaks pacing. No, no, it was it was one specific thing that they did for like three minutes, and you were really upset about. Oh, it. Oh, the five minute shovel painting scene. Oh yeah, the shovel painting scene. Yeah, you were very upset about the shovel painting. I get it. He's painting a shovel. I don't need to see that in real time. And that wasn't even all the shovels. <laughs> wasn't even. I'm gonna get you started on it again. But yeah, his I, pacing is, it's difficult. It's it's he takes a lot of pauses and I and I like that about David Lynch. It's very once again Lynchian. I like that he lets he lets things breathe. He lets things breathe. He he lets the the audience breathe. He lets himself breathe. I mean to, to some extent. Uh -huh. Um, but I think maybe it's his you know that that meditation he does uh, that it takes a bit too long, like maybe the five minute shovel painting scene. Um. Well, he's just not in a hurry to get anywhere. And I did... It's I mean, like, you'll get there when you get there. Um, shock upon shock that Diane was not Diane. She was a tulpa. Sorry, in my head she got replaced with Diane from Cheers for a minute there, and it was really funny. Shelley Long? No, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah, Shelley yeah, Long. Long. Yeah. You were thinking Shelley Winters, weren't you? I was. Yeah. Um... But, you know, she ended up replacing uh, eyeless Japanese girl. So, you know, when all things considered. Which I guess, like, there are a bunch of fan theories that guessed that right. Which I'm like, how do you fucking guess that? How did you guess that? Eyeless Japanese chick from Space Cube uh, <laughs> is, is the real Diane. Like, only Twin Peaks fans could have put those string of words together and gone, yeah, that's, that's what's going to yeah, happen. that's what's totally what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. 
I, I keep expecting Lynch at some point to make another season and just have it be straight up fanfic. Like he just picks some random I think it is. I mean no, I think I just, it's I think it's his fanfic, but But no, just pick some random fanfic and have it I was gonna say and make that as the next series and the person's gonna be like, Holy shit, I was right. No, you I'm, weren't, he just stole your shit. I'm literally waiting for like the end of an episode and like halfway through a season. Like not even like finale. Where it's just David Frost I'm sorry. It's just David Lynch in the foreground <laughs> going, yeah, it was all a dream. <laughs> and then Mark Frost in the background just shoots himself in the head. And like, that's it. Fade to black, soprano style. And that's the mid-season finale. And, like, hey, it was all and a you dream. just, and they go, okay, we're going to release the rest of the season, but it's only going to be literally six seconds of blackness per episode. With, like, some backmasking of a Nine Inch Nails song or something. It's like and, like, that, that's it. It's like that that joke that I sent you about the sitcom where the characters die and in the theme music it's just gradually replaced by silence. Yes. Like, I honestly, like, that's that's where I think Twin Peaks is going. Um, which I would love. Because I... We'll have it end up for, being, for, like, for the St. Elsewhere the... snow globe ending. Well, it's just, they would shake, like, uh, David Lynch's pompadour. And, uh... And Monica Bellucci was so funny in that. Um, in a way that should have been funny, where she was like, I'm a dream Monica Bellucci. And I'm going to tell you what your dream kind of means. But whatever, I'm dating that French asshole from The Matrix. Fuck it. Um, turns out she was actually married to a different French asshole um, who's awesome. So. God, what was the name of that character in The Matrix? Her or the no, character? No, the guy. It was the... Uh, Merovingian? Uh, Merovingian? Was it the Merovingian? Okay, I think it was the Merovingian. He uh, likes speaking in French because it's like wiping his ass with silk. Um, But no, because Monica Bellucci was married to Vincent Cassel, Mm -hmm. um, which I I end up rewatching just the rape scene from Irreversible. Um, What the hell, Doug? I I was on this really dark kick. It always goes back to rape. It... It, yeah. How could you rewatch that scene? It went on for a while. Yeah, there's. A and I was like, I don't remember it going on that long. I should watch the whole thing, just that part of it. Oh God. And then I fell on this hole where I started watching like both the original and the remake rape scenes of um, uh, I Spit on Your Grave. Yeah, I went weird places that day. Weird, weird places. Okay, that damned episode must have been interesting. So hot on the heels of that. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember that much of it. So, I'm sorry. The Orphan Black finale, the actual season finale, or series finale. Series finale, yeah. Um. I I'm sorry. I don't remember that much of it. It was it was so long ago. I know that they finally defeat Dyad and and all that, and they get their you know body rights back and yay. And Rachel fucks off, um, but she does give presents to the baby shower for Helena's twins. Which, aw, she names Art and Donnie. Because Art's the black cop from the first... Yeah, yeah and, and Donnie's... Yeah, Donnie. Um, Donnie's, you know. Donnie. Donnie. <laughs> um, I thought it was a very fitting end. Tears. I remember tears. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Tatiana Maslanzi, uh in anything else she's in. I know she's going to be in the new... Um, Jake Gyllenhaal movie stronger, so um, I'm looking forward. And 
they've talked about how she has a, a, a huge background in improv and comedy. She's been taking improv since... I bet she could I think be really she was funny. Nine. She is really funny. Um, no, but I mean, what if she was doing like a straight comedy? Uh, she gets into that where apparently French improv has very weirdly strict guidelines. That seems counterintuitive, yeah, right? but okay. Um, so, you know, she was fascinated by American and and Cana- uh, you know the Canadian, more en- yeah. en- well English Canadian as opposed to French Canadian. Um, oh my god. Sorry, it just reminded me of something. I'd have to get my phone to look at it, but my sister introduced me to a new fr- new phrase to uh, insult French Canadians. Cunts well. It, it, it's on my phone. It's not a big deal. She's been watching some weird Canadian show, so she keeps texting me random Canadian phrases. And telling you what it's all about. Well, yes, but I still want to know what a lot of the Canadian sex acts are. Dot org. I just want the people to, you know, the, the inf- have the information and get out there. just want the information to be out there. Um, let's see. Uh, the Tick, the Amazon series. I've watched the pilot. I haven't watched any of the other bits of Did it, you watch? Which pilot did you time. watch? Uh, the one that they put out quite some time ago. The one that was part of the, the competition? Yeah. Okay, because that's... Actually, I think better... Well, I think it's better story-wise, but not better budget-wise and okay. effects-wise okay. than the when they actually did the pilot. Well, maybe that's what I'll do today. Yeah. Um, it moves more into um, the terror and all that, played by a sublime... Fuck, can't even think of his name off the top of my head. Um, but he was Warshak. Well, we're back, people. Yeah, can't think of actors. Um, uh, uh, Jackie Earl Haley. He picks such interesting roles. But him as the terror is phenomenal, especially when you get to the mid-season finale, because they're they they split the season. So you got uh, I think the pilot in four episodes or five episodes, and then the last uh, I think five or six are premiering next year, um, and it ends on a cliffhanger. Good move. Um, I honestly I I think I'm a little spoiled. Uh, in terms of the tick, and it's not that I don't love Peter Serafinikinowitz. I'm probably butchering, butchering that. it. He's uh, not my tick, though. Patrick Warburton's my tick. Yeah, he's your tick. That's not my tick. Your tick is the. Uh, yeah, animated. I can't. Well, it's, I'm trying to think of who voice uh, me. Devin uh, Townsend. Which is funny because I actually say phrases from that all the time. Like, I, if I'm particularly angry, I do scream, damn you, Nagahide. <laughs> I've always wanted to carve my name in the moon and stopped at CH. Um, even though my name doesn't even start with that. But, um, yeah, I think the anime tick is, is definitely Ugh, my tick. And I think that kind of does affect when I watch it because I do expect... A bit more of the. This tick is a bit more earnest. It's a bit. It's a lot darker. The violence is a lot more. Let's just say a lot more. Um, they do have kind of the um, Deathstroke slash Punisher character. I think his name's actually Overkill. Um, and he does. Overkill. Overkill. Like, he just knives people in the eyeballs. Um, uh, though I do love that his. Uh, headquarters slash sidekick is a, a sentient boat IA. 
voiced by uh, Alan Tudyk, who just wants to kickstart his DJ career. Um, oh, I mean, that is that is so tick, it's ridiculous. Um, so I, I did have a, a little bit of a hard time because they kept making very interesting choices. Like, the Tick's costume keeps changing. Why? I don't... Well, at, at, at the very first, they imply that the Tick is kind of Arthur's superhero Tyler Durden. I've actually always kind of thought that. Uh, based on the comics and the uh, the animation, I, I never have entertained entertained that they're they're separate beings or that they're, they're the same person uh, ever, ever. Um, well, I just thought he was kind of a manifestation of a lot of Arthur's wants. I think that they're both grounding and elating influences on each other. Obviously, one's more grounding and one's more uh, brash than the other one. But um, I think this one playing the whole like. Is the big blue man like in the room with you? I thought, I thought it was played out for a bit too long until Dot, who is Arthur's sister in the in the show, um, finally sees, literally meets the Tick. Um, so he's not, you know, the Harvey character. No, he's not. Um, and I, I, I think that went on for a bit too long, where they were like, "Is he? Do, does he exist or doesn't he?" And it's like. God damn it, he does just get to it. Um, though I do love that when everyone realizes the tick is real is effectively at I I wanna say either Dot's birthday or his parents like anniversary party at their very suburban house where the uh bad guy's girl Friday, uh who has like a fake eye and electric powers, um, like crashes the party like but in, like, incognito, and Tick doesn't recognize her at all. And Arthur's like, she has a fake eye. She's wearing the electric bracelets. She tried to kidnap me. Do you not recognize her from last night? And the Tick's like, nope. Well, it's kind of like uh, Adventure Brothers when uh, Dr. Girlfriend sleeps with, well, she yeah. doesn't sleep with him, but goes home with Doc Venture. Yeah. And it takes him a really long time to realize that it's her. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for the second half of the Tick, uh, season. I, honestly, I, I don't want it to get a second season. You just want it to be kind of its own little... Self-contained. Yeah. I mean, I want everyone that's on it to keep working. I'm not saying that. Um, it's just, I, I think they're still limited by budget, and I think that no one outside of the animated show... Because they really didn't have a spe- you know a special effects budget, um, they couldn't get near what the tick truly is, and and you know with with all the surreal aspects and the surreal villains, like you can't have. Oh, I guess you could have zipper neck, but um, I mean, the, I can't imagine the budget. If if a giant telepathic gorilla costs four times as much on an episode of The Flash. I can't imagine what an ongoing villain with a chair for a face and head would cost. Chair face, Chippendale. Yeah. Oh, God. We saw a good cosplay of that when we were at But Star you know Fest. what I mean? Like, you haven't met, like, there's no, you haven't seen American Maid, uh, or Deflator Mouse, Sewer Urchin, um, five, the, what is it, the Fantastic, or the Less Than Fantastic Five or whatever, where they all drive around that guy's Honda. I mean, one of them's like, Feral Boy, which would be like, no, you don't need a budget to do Feral Boy. 
Um, but like Five Legged Man, the guy in the the static cling oh, uh, well, the carpet one who suit, the carpet suit, and he kept passing out because it was too hot. Yeah, but like you don't have like Bulletier and Son of Bulletier or whatever that was, the human bullet. It's like fire me, son. Um, like they don't have the budget to do the kind of cool stuff that I remember from the comics, and I, I and I know the animated stuff. I don't I don't know if they got into like Paul the Samurai. They got into Man Eating Cow. Um, you know, but they don't... Live action, the tick is a hard one to crack. I mean, the the humor, you can do it. I think the first live action did it. It did pretty well with the humor. But the effects in terms of the bad guys, it's like... How, how do you do Chair Fist Chippendale on a budget? Yeah, well, exactly. Um, but they're doing the terror great with Jackie Earl Haley. And um, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. I, I just want them to either... Hold off on the second season to, to really put the budget behind it. Um, and I know Amazon's trying to play a huge game of catch up with um, Netflix. Netflix, and, thank uh, you. And even Hulu to a certain extent. Does Hulu, I have a question, totally unrelated uh, to anything we're talking about. Um, do you watch Hulu? I have Hulu. Yeah. When they do their originals, mm-hmm. do they put them out episodically or binge? Both. Interesting. Because I'm really looking forward to Marvel's Runaways. I was going to say, like, they, they put out, like, difficult uh, difficult people in, like, the Mindy Project every week, but they will also do originals that they'll put out in one kind in of... In binge. Yeah. Okay. So, both. Because, like I said, I'm looking forward to their, the Marvel's uh, Runaways. If they're smart, they'll put it out in block, in Moss, if you will, because, I mean... In, what was the second? In Moss. In Moss? In Mass. Mass. Oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Gotcha. I was gonna say they'll put it in out moss. in okay. moss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if they're smart, they'll do it like that. Quite the I think, homage. Because I think that Shield really suffered Which, doing. I think Agents of I was gonna say Agents of Shield really suffered doing the week to week when they're trying to do big story arcs. Well, and. Agents of Shield learned from that, which we're. I mean, they're coming back in a, in in a couple months, um, for reasons, that might rhyme with Schmin humans. Um, which we will talk about later. Maybe not this episode, but we will, we will get to it. Um, and I think they were really smart where they broke their last season into like kind of three, well, they call them pods. Um, uh, I broke them into like three separate arcs. You had whatever, the, the ghost rider, the LMD, and then you had like the, the like fake, the fake world, the, their matrix where everyone worked for uh, Hydra. Um, kind of the secret empire, I'll call it, uh, to, to give a nod to Marvel. Um, and I thought that was really smart. because then, then you don't not... Then you don't have to binge an entire season. You can binge these eight episodes and get what you need and still have the season arc. But how many how many seasons did it take them to get there? Four? Two. Three. Three? But like I said, it's just one of those things where it took them a while to learn that. But they divided so the I second really... season in half. So they kind of went one chunk, two chunks, three chunks. I mean, they're they're fig- they're figuring, and there's, and that that's a learning curve that you can't you can't teach, you can't see coming. Um, once again, doing something radically different from any TV show, and I mean that in terms of how it's, it's structurally, like no show. You've got Breaking Bad, you've got Walking Dead, stuff like that, that divides their season in half. Well, actually, almost all shows do a mid-season. Finale well, you have a mid-season now. finale, but but like with Breaking Bad, where it was like five months between the chunks, 
Um, Walking Dead takes months between, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's not and just it's not just a, a mid-season, and then they're back three weeks later because it's between the end of December and the beginning of January. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not the, that network mid-season finale. Um, not that I'm discounting um, AMC and FX and all that um, for, for uh, networks, but in terms of your normally associated broadcast network stuff. I feel like it almost forces you to be more creative and interesting when you have to be like, I need to end this and have it be so interesting that people are still wanting to come back five months later. Well, I think in, in, the, in terms of the shows that we've seen that do that, it's Breaking Bad, it's Walking Dead, it's these brand name shows um, where you know the audience is going to follow them back. Um... With Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think... Well, they lost me after the first couple seasons. Yeah, and the, the mid-season finales didn't have you come back. I mean, that's... So I think that the, the fact that they're figuring out, going, you know what, let's do... Yeah, we're going to have our season arc. We're going to have a through, you know, a, a thread that goes through, but we're going to do these three kind of interconnected uh, conceptual ideas, like, like I said, like uh, with Ghost Rider, which... They had to, whether they want to admit it or not, they had to go, okay, we need to introduce magic because Doctor Strange is coming out and we're part of the MCU um, and it just needs to happen. Um, whether they did it for right or for wrong, that's up to you. In terms of me, I think it could have been better, but I couldn't think of a better, yeah, I could have, never mind. Oh, you just thought of one. I did. Um, I, I could think of better characters. Um, than, uh, than Ghost Rider. I, you know, if they were... Okay. It's not the exact character, but it would have been fun uh, that you... Marvel does have their own kind of Constantine-esque character. Okay. He's not, like, trench coat, hard-smoking Londoner. Um, but his name's Damien Hellstorm, and he's the son of the... Son of Satan. And I think if you're going to pull from, like, that old 70s supernatural stuff, like, fuck Ghost... I'm sorry, fuck Ghost Rider. Go Damien Hellstorm and just go, you know what, if we're going to pull these obscure yeah. characters yeah. into S.H.I.E.L.D. anyway... Why not? Just go, go for, for broke yeah, and have Damien Hellstorm. Like, just have the guy with, like, the always dripping, like, pentagram carved into his chest that lights on fire when he summons his satanic powers, like... Fuck it. Who are you going to piss off? Well, I guess they're ABC sets, Disney, but... <coughs> so maybe Damien Hellstorm is not your best bet. But, um, but hey, a demon possessing a guy and a Dodge Charger is not much better. Um, uh, what's your next note? Uh, I, I'm trying to think about... Uh, uh, the def Speaking of Marvel, let's go Defenders. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. At all? Okay. I've been busy. Um, it is. A, uh, I, I will tell you in very. I'll, I'll do very broad strokes on this. Am I still going to be pissed at Iron Fist? No. Okay. No, you are not. So they were right to shove a season two down my fucking throat. I think Defenders cracked the code on Iron Fist. There's. Ugh. I think. That's one of the reasons why I haven't gotten around to Defenders yet. Is because I'm still kind of pissed no, at Iron Fist. No. No. It. it one, they shoot a lot of the fight scenes with Iron Fist in dark, rainy alleys or from a distance. <laughs> so I almost just spit Gatorade everywhere. It's, it's, it's not what's-his-name, it's not Finn Jones. 
He's got another year to get his fucking kung fu chops up. Um, because I guarantee you they're putting him through the paces. At, at this point, they're like, you need to learn how to fucking fight. Like, done. Um, so he the fight scenes involving Iron like Fist are a lot better trainers. because it's his, his uh, stunt coordinator person. Um, part of them cracking Iron Fist, I think, is making fun of him. And I think this was already in motion before Iron Fist came out. Well, it's just like but I the told fact you, that you when have... we were watching Iron Fist is that the most interesting parts weren't him. It was, you know, his nemesis or his, you know, nemesis family. Yeah. That was a lot more interesting to me than anything he had going on. Uh, the bad guy, I mean, no, I don't think there's spoilers here, but I think I think everyone knows. The bad guy in The Defenders is the hand. Yeah. Uh, they've been setting it up since Daredevil season one. Yeah. Um, but I think they ate, I think they cracked the code in terms of Iron Fist with, um, for the next season. A, all of the Defenders made fun of him. So, as a, like, sub- from A to, like, you know, bullet point one. Um, it humbled him. Him getting made fun of? Or yeah. season one? Uh, getting made fun of. And they made fun of him because of his fucking origin. Like, every time he's like, yeah, I thrust my fist into, like, the burning heart of a dragon, everyone went, cool, yeah, I've seen Star Wars as well. Like, everyone was like, wait, what? Or, okay, whatever. Um, and he was just like, what's wrong with my origin story? He's uh, like, but that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, I think that they just kind of went, yeah, you're way different than prison experiment or accident. toxic chemical yeah, accident, accident, which would be Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Um, you know, I think they that they were, they were so based in quote-unquote science that to have the mystical element, they just went... Okay, um, I don't, I don't know how to handle this, and I'm just gonna make fun of you for it. And I think a that humbled him. I think b, spoiler alert. I'm sorry, Deb. I'm sure you could have seen this coming. That they defeat the some of some of the fingers of the hand. Um, that's from the comics, so I'm not gonna, you know, um, whether the middle one is left. Uh, I don't know. Um, middle finger joke. But uh, I think that without the hand. To defeat, I think, brings Iron Fist to a very interesting place where he's literally a weapon without a purpose, without a target. And I think he's going to have to really, and throughout the, the Defenders you do see it, he has to examine what he means as the Iron Fist, as a weapon. And is he a weapon? Is he a person? Can he be both? Is he both? And I know that I'm getting super deep and making no, Iron I, Fist sound really fucking cool. No, sorry. Or at least, you know, watchable. The outro song in my huh? head. I was giggling and singing the BoJack outro song in my head. I don't know what aspect of that, but we'll talk about it later. Um, so I think that Defenders really opens up a good place for uh, Iron Fist, a good place for uh, Daredevil. Because you do have all the stuff with the hand of Electra and Stick and the uh, the what do they call them, the chaste or the cast or whatever that is. The cast. Um, yeah, with uh, yeah. Stick and Stone yeah. and, and Break My Bones and the other ninjas' names. Um, Rock, paper, and scissors. Yeah, sure. And Rochambeau. <laughs> um, first Blood. Um, and uh, but you know, really, I mean, I think the only thing I didn't like about Defenders is that. 
uh, there's another thing I really liked about it I want to get to real quick is uh, uh, Jessica Jones and Matt Murdock just shitting on each other uh, was fantastic their personalities are never going to mesh well it's pretty much too even they be hard pressed to say but alpha males I mean alpha personalities that's exactly what it is um because at one point, Which like... Is maybe one of the things I didn't like about Finn Jones is Iron Fist is he's not alpha at all. No, I don't... I don't think... I don't think he was built to be in the first one. I don't think he's going to be built to be in the second one, but I think he'll get there by the second season. Um, but I think they finally figured out, like, hey, he's not Mr. Jump in feet first. He's learned to be that, like, critical thinking... Like, let's take a step back and assess the fight before we enter it and know our weaknesses, know our strengths. Okay. Um, he's the critical thinker. Yeah, he's that, like, the philosopher type of that group. Okay. Luke Cage, way more the jump in. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is, and it's, um, like, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage get along fine because they're both alphas. But they have very different motivation. They also understand where each other, one's, each other is coming from, especially... In their own respective series and in Defenders. Well, you remember when they first meet each other or discover each other's powers, so to speak, they have a two-sentence conversation about their origin stories. After fucking. Yeah. After having super strength sex. After he banged her right into a wall. Literally. Only because she overpowered him. Yeah. So, um, I will say that, you know... I love that they all kind of weirdly knew each other, like Jessica Jones and, and Luke Cage kind of had their, like, ah, uh, yeah, we know each other, we don't explain. It's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas, you know, Daredevil was getting introduced to a few people. Um, obviously, Night Nurse, uh, Claire Temple, was the, was the through on that one. Um, the only thing I really didn't like about it, ultimately, was that at the end, Daredevil's world is changed. Okay. The hand is attacked, the he's, you know, joined the war against them, blah blah blah, now without them and he knows they're real and he's like, Okay, like sticks got a thing. Um with Iron Fist, okay. I've defeated, you know, what what could be the entirety of the hand, probably not. What does this mean for me? Am I a weapon? Am I a person? Blah blah blah, the shit I said like ten seconds ago. Um but for Jessica Jones and Luke Cage they just kind of get to keep going and just go, yeah, that weirdness from last week. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't change their series, their I mean, it really so doesn't change like them. It didn't further the story at all for either For those of them. two, okay. no. For either of them. Okay. Which, for a huge crossover, I mean, you see that with the Avengers. Well, you see that. The Avengers changed Captain America, Iron Man, Thor... Hulk, I guess to some extent. I mean, eventually, I don't know. That was more Hulk, uh, or Avengers 2, that kind of fucked the Hulk. Hulk yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, these, but even these, in, like, these the tentpole Arrow, events... And Arrow Flash uh, crossover episodes, it changes the story. But even that, I think that when you go back to Crisis for the, their first big crossover across all the CW stuff, um, it changed Flash... It changed Arrow. Mm-hmm. Supergirl. Yeah, she got back with Monel, who gives a fuck. I don't watch it, so I don't care. Um, which I think he ends up dying at the end of that I season, haven't... and it's like, I don't even kill a Daxamite, but alright, sure. Um, I mean, when push comes to shove, how do you kill a Daxamite? Well, I know how. Uh, lead. But, 
Um, and I think that's how he died. But um, step, step. But no, no, he's they're basically Kryptonian cousins. Okay. But um, their weakness, as opposed to kryptonite, is lead. Lead. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. What was I on? Oh yeah. So Legend of Tomorrow probably wasn't that changed by Crisis either because it's all time travel anyway. So who fucking cares? Did you see I got a little white canary? Yes. Um. Batman and Harley Quinn. Let's. I mean, for time of DC, let's just jump to that. Sure. Um. Deb, I want you to watch it. Have you seen it? Nope. Because I need to know. It's it's pronounced. I got to know. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go legitimate language on this one. Um, because there are parts of this movie that tap dance the line so uncomfortably between feminism and outright sexist misogyny that I'm a little unclear. Okay. And I'm not talking about the double butt crack from Harley Quinn. Um, if you're aware of that internet meme. There's a scene where, which goes on for way too long. It's two different songs at a karaoke bar. Okay. Both songs get sung in their entirety. Why? I'm already done. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, it's these two twins, one, yeah, two twins. I mean, two people, not like no. four people. It's one set of twins. Um, just singing, do, doing, doing harmony um, for this one song. Oh, I can't remember what it, what it is off the top of my head. Um, but they're obviously pre-established two-faced minions. Um, and then Harley Quinn has to, you know, do a song as, as you know, to get this information. And she does um, Keep Me Hanging by the, the telephone originally by some band I can't remember, uh, redone by Blondie. And uh, at one point she literally shakes her tits. Like, and gyrating and humping the mic stand and... She sounds like she's having fun. Yeah, but the way it's done, it, it literally seems like Bruce Tim wrote this from his 13-year-old self. Where, yeah, sure, it's empowering that... Harley Quinn farts in front of Batman and Nightwing? But did that need to happen? I yeah, that, sure. She, the she, is, why not? I mean, the fart thing was funny, but I think it's very juvenile. Um, Doug, I, we just spent about an hour talking about comics. I don't think No, this is... I mean, like, fart joke juvenile, not... Um... The, the blonde girl from Big Bang Theory is the voice of Harley Quinn. Uh, whatever her There's name is. more than one blonde girl. Uh, the one that marries the guy with the belt buckles. Oh, uh, well, her character's name's Bernadette. Yeah. The actress's name is, like, Melissa Rauch. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, she has very randomly inserted, uh, like, J Jewish affectations. <laughs> Where she well, starts... Say, well, her name was Harleen... I was going to say Harleen... Harleen Quinzel. Quinzel. I mean, she could be Jewish. No, this is like, it's... Like, she's like, Oi, Gafalta, what a schmuck. And you're like, well, that came out of nowhere. 
like she uses the Yiddish like in a way that's like very strange and like really out of character okay um and then of course there's always that huge talk of whether it was consensual or rape with Nightwing uh that she rapes Nightwing size so said yes he's wearing the mask so that's not an excuse um well what do you think See, this is that thing, Deb, where I'm talking about there's that fine line, because I go, well, he was flirting back, but is that an excuse? So, hypothetically speaking, if a girl was flirting with me, and I raped her, and I would say, well, she was flirting with me, it seemed, okay, you're do laughing, you think, I'm but not think laughing. about that. I'm just, do you think it was rape, though? Do you think she raped Nightwing? Let me, okay, before I answer this. Oh, God. Is it sexist if the opinion changes based on gender? No, I think that's realistic. Okay. Like I said, is it, is it ideal? No. but it's, I also it's, don't. It's, like I said, I also true. I also know that the male uh, excitement is a bit of an unconscious thing. Well, yeah. I was gonna say. Whereas, ladies, it's not so much. Sometimes. Okay. Um, I think in the end, the way Nightwing obviously was carrying on and like joking around and like that he was unaffected. Um, he wasn't crying in the shower or anything. Um, talk about it. Wouldn't you want to talk about it? Yeah, uh, that you know. Obviously, I imagine it was more consensual. They were they were joking around after the act, and Batman catches them uh, like joking around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, no, I don't think it was rape. I don't either. But it the way it's written and shot is very uncomfortable uh, upon further reflection. Once again, Deb, this is one where I I think this is. One of the weakest DC animated movies I've ever seen. It did um, not, the 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 animation was not, was not great. Like I said, it was not I'm I'm glad you've got the original voice cast back, except for Harley Quinn. Um, but I think this is one of the weakest. Oh, Mark Hamill put a picture up online wearing that jacket that I have. Nice. Sorry. Um. So, I want you to watch it just in that. For you to see what I've seen and okay. to, to have an opinion on it. Okay. Um, Is it on anything, or do I have to find it? I'm sure it's on. I, I'm sure it's on the internet. I'll, I'll you know, I don't, I don't think I saved it on my archives, but. Oh, it's okay. I'm sure I could find it. Um, <sighs> let's just get the usual closing nonsense. Sorry. Um, we still have so much to talk about. Oh yeah, this is literally we're at maybe a third of my list. Uh, I before we do that. I wanted to talk about the Everything Box with you. Yes. Richard Cadry's Everything Box. I'm having a hard time just... I I have to not think of it as a Cadry book because it's such a tonal shift from the Sandman Slim series. And I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it greatly. It really does remind me of, like, Mark Twain and Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams. Big time. But, I mean, just, like, Mark Twain, there's certain things happen in there. It kind of reminds me of Mark Twain's excerpts from Adam and Eve's Diaries. Okay. But very satirical. I mean, very... Oh, yeah. Um, it does... It, maybe it's just because I, I think of it as, you know, Douglas Adamsy, but it, it almost has... It has a very British sense of humor. 
Yeah, they're yawning still. It has an incredibly British sense of humor. And it almost at times uh, Gaiman esque because it'll every once yeah. in a while, yeah, every once in a while, especially the way it wraps like, up. Anansi's voice. Well, I haven't gotten there yet. So. Um, okay, because I've read his the that's part of the another coop heist series is what it's called. Um, and I'm glad that you're you know kind of breaking out of the same man slim. Well, like with, I said, if I, if I just don't think of it as a cadre book, it's fine. I mean, it's not his fault. It's just I read. All of the Sandman Slim series before I ever got exposed to this, so I'm kind of. Used... Um, I'm in the same premise, and and when I ran out of Sandman Slim, I went, "What else has he done?" And I know that he had like, the Butcher Bird was one book, and it was a Metrophage is the second is okay. something like that. Um, but he's only got like one book, one book, one book, and I'm like, oh well, this Coop Heist thing has got two books, so that gives me a, you know. No, two books, not one. And man. yeah, so Everything Box and the Wrong Dead Guy. Uh, it's a second book, which I've read both. Um, Everything Box, it took me longer to read, and I think it's because of what you were talking about, that tonal shift, where, and I, and I thought, I thought, okay, maybe the first book, slower read because it's all new characters, mm-hmm. I have to get used to the, the rules of the world, these, yeah. and these and then Giselle, and um, what's the, the sidekick's name, the, the best friend character in that one? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, not Morty, but something it's, like that. I think it's Mort, actually. Is it? I think it might be Mort. Um, but, you know, like, can you see all these new characters, and maybe it's just that's why I'm slow to read it, because, you know, maybe I read the first Sam and Slim book slow because I'm going into a new world. That book, the first Sandman Slim book, had me within the first paragraph, though. Yeah, that's not what it, I'm talking about, just, though. It had, it had me. I'm talking about reading rate. Yeah. Um, and entering a new world, and, you know, you tend to take it slow because it's all new stuff. Um, but I found that reading the second book from the Coop series, it's still another uh, another dead guy, uh, the wrong uh, dead guy, the wrong dead guy. Thank yeah. you. Um, probably, an, I would say, exactly. I mean, we we read fairly quickly, um, and that's just us. Um, but that you know probably took me a little longer uh, to read. But then again, it's because I was reading all the metaphors that I was taking in. All the kind of Douglas Adams vibe to it, but I'm, it, it does read differently. I don't know if it listens differently. Um, well, it helps that it has a different narrator. Yeah. Because that would, I, I don't think I could have listened to it if it had the same narrator as the Sandman Slim books. Cool. But. Do you like it? I do. I do like it. I was going to say, and it's actually kind of a refreshing listen for me, considering I've been listening to a lot more heavy stuff before this. I'm like, this is a nice palate cleanser. Because it's a lot, I was going to say, lighter and funnier. Oh, yes. But, I mean, I just want the next Sandman Slim book. <laughs> well, but, you know, in Sandman Slim and, and the Coop series both have the whole, like, how many apocalypses can we have in one day? Well, that's the puppy joke. I didn't know that there was a word for multiple, uh, was a word for multiple apocalypses. What? In Buffy, when she's talking to Riley, and he's getting kind of intimidated by how many things she's dealt with. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I didn't know there was a word for multiple apocalypses. Apocalypse. That's not true. Um, Mistakes? Um, Yeah. No. It's been a a rough week. Uh, It's it's been a rough week. Personally, professionally, the whole thing. Actually, work-wise, okay, but... But, you know... You know, hockey started, so fuck my life. And it's the wedding season for me, and the network has been, you know, trying to stay on, on, on track and 
get everything ready for everything I'm running. I'm actually a month ahead on some things, so that's nice. I think you and I have just been a little bit more focused on our, our mental health. Speak for yourself on that one, but yeah. The last, I was going to say, a couple months, so, you know, mistakes. Lots of them. How about that? Okay. Lots of them. I'm making up for mine. Uh, well, you know, you're about uh, reclamation and damage control. I'm about atonement for me, so... It's a cute way of saying it if you don't listen to damn. Um, Everybody, I was going to say, a lot of people died, unfortunately, while we were gone, so we don't have time to do a giant rest in peace. Harry Stan, yeah, yeah Tom like, Petty. Um, a whole bunch of other... All those folks in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring it down. Uh, oh, way to go out on a... On a, a high note there. Oh, you still have a fat neighbor. That's nice. Nothing's changed on that. Unless he started skinny. She started skinny. I shouldn't gender assume. I actually think he just got a roommate. Who's fat? Or squeaky? <laughs> Can fat people be squeaky? Let's go out on that. <laughs> well, we're glad to be back. No, but I want an answer. Can fat people be squeaky? Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, like if they're greased up a little and the folds are rubbing together. Is it like the when Bender wished he was human? Oh God! And they yeah. think he's they, dead, they think, but it's just yeah, they think he's alive, but it's yeah, just yeah, that's fat. It. Woo! Woo! <laughs> fat squeaky people, folks. See you next week, or you know, whatever. See whatever. You know what I mean? If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.